Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Good morning. morning. How are you all doing today? All right, well, uh, as you saw, Pastor Kurt is back. He was on vacation the last couple weeks, he and Pastor Emily, and they deserved it, much needed. But we're really glad to have him back. Uh, But they actually moved this weekend into a new home as well, and uh, we didn't want to make Pastor Kurt come up with a message while he was moving. So I'm sharing the message with you this morning. Really excited to be up here. Uh, Last time I shared with you guys, I started with a question. I'm going to start with the same question. It's not rhetorical. Raise your hand if it applies to you. If it doesn't, that's okay. No judgment. How many of you want to be like Jesus? Yeah, that's why I love this church. That's why I love this church. Now, last time I asked that question, I immediately told you how you could do so. I read you the scripture where it said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. And you can become more like Jesus by serving. This message is a little bit different and it's gonna take me a little bit to get there to show you how this message helps you become more like Jesus. But trust me, I promise you, we are gonna get there. Okay, so uh, Pastor Kurt asked me to teach, um, I don't know, maybe five or six weeks ago. And I had a couple messages that I was thinking about. Um, I had this one rolling around in my head, but I just wasn't sure which direction God wanted me to take and what he wanted me to share with you guys. And I was praying about it. And then about three or four weeks ago, in the middle of Pastor Kurt's message, he, stopped, he just made this phrase. He said, do you know you were created to create? Which was the title of one of the messages that I was thinking of sharing. And so I was like, okay, that's gotta be it. This is what God wants to share. So the name of my message today is Created to Create. So I wanna follow that up with another question. How many of you would consider yourself creative? Okay, all right. I see a lot of hands, but I see a lot of hands that aren't raised as well. And that's okay, there's no judgment there. Uh, For most of my life, I didn't consider myself creative either. I'm a more analytical, process-driven person. Um, I I felt like that was in contrast to being creative. When I think creative, I think somebody that's artistic, I think somebody that's, uh, you know, kind of sometimes maybe flies by the seat of their pants a little bit. They don't schedule things all the time. uh, you know, I've, I've worked with and managed creatives before. So, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's some of what I've experienced for people that call themselves creatives. Um, but, uh, but I do believe that we were all created to create. And I'm not talking about being artistic. I do feel like all of us have artistic uh, skill sets and talents as well. Um, but this is a different kind of creative that I'm talking about today. Um, so before I get started on this, uh, I do want to share really quick. Um, during worship, I had somebody come up and share a word, and they said that they saw like dry ground with cracks in it, and uh, I think they said they felt like Moses hit the. They saw Moses hitting the ground, and then wells kind of sprung up. And so I don't know if that applies to you. Um, maybe I was thinking about it, uh, and I thought maybe that applies to today's message. Maybe some of you are feeling like you don't have those creative juices. Maybe you feel like you're you weren't created to create. That you're you don't have a somewhere to to pour out what's inside of you. And maybe today God's gonna stir something inside of you, help you realize that you are creative, that you were created to create, and then to give you some opportunities to, to do so. So let's, let's start with prayer. God, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are a creative God, that you created us to create. God, I thank you for this message, Lord, and I pray that you would just open up our hearts, Lord, that you'd maybe help us to see, uh, see something in our lives that you wanna show us today that maybe even goes beyond the words that I'm about to share. Lord, I pray that you would just bring to mind what you want to in each individual here. We thank you, God, for just such an amazing service already today that we got to feel your, your presence and experience, your, your presence, God. That's why we do it. <laughs> and, uh, and we just thank you and give you glory for that. Amen. 
All right, so we're going to start by reading through the creation account. What a great way to start if you're going to start, talk about being creative, right? All right, so we're going to read a bit here, and I'm going to lay the groundwork for two kind of points that kind of lay that groundwork for the rest of the message. So let's start in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And, so, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. So I want to pause here for just a second and say that in these first verses, 1 through 9, or 1 through 10, we're seeing God, the uncreated God has been started off service talking about. We're seeing God as a creator. The uncreated God is a creator. And I love this. I just want to point this out too. We were in our pre-production meeting this morning and, and uh, Pastor Kurt asked me, what, is, what are you teaching on? And I said, you know, created to create. And Ben said, what? I felt like God told me to open talking about creation and talking about being creative. And so that's really cool when God lines things up like that. So the uncreated God we see as a creator. Verse 11, then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so, the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kind and trees bearing fruit with seed in it, according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Now, up until verse 10, like we said, we just saw God creating. He was creating out of nothing. But now we start to see God do something a little bit different. In verse 11, we see that God created land, and then that land created vegetation and fruit and seeds. So God can create from nothing, and then he starts to create from what he already created. So now let's jump down to the creation of man and woman. Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And there's more details on this in the second chapter, Genesis 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And for women, a little bit further down, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Verse 21, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took on one of the man's ribs and then closed up that place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. Verse 23, then the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. So my first two points that lay that groundwork for the rest of this message. Point number one, God is a creator. He can create from nothing. It's not like God saw some version of light and thought, that's cool, I wanna do something like that. There was no light. God said, let there be light, and then there was light. God can create from nothing. But he can also create from what he already created, right? We saw that in verse 11. God created the land. The land created, produced vegetation and seeds. And we also saw that with man and woman. God took the land that he had already created, the dust, he breathed into it and he formed man. And then out of that man, he takes a rib and he forms woman. So God can create 
from what he's already created. Now, as I was reading through this, I, I, God just kind of, you know how it is when you're reading through scripture and all scripture is, is life and it's God-breathed and it can take on new meaning at different times. And sometimes I think there's times where God specifically will show you something maybe you haven't seen before. And sometimes I think he just challenges you to maybe read it a little bit differently. And as I was reading through this, I thought, you know, growing up, I don't think the first thing I heard about God was the creation story. I've known the Lord most of my life. I remember reading through Bible stories as a like five-year-old with my dad on the couch where we were reading through Zechariah up in the tree and we were reading through uh, you know, all these different stories of the Bible. And I had all these things about God that I already understood from a young age before I think I even ever got to the creation story. But I started to think, what if somebody picked up this book, the Bible, just like any other book on a bookshelf at a store or a library, and they read it like any other book with no preconceived ideas of the characters within it. And they start on page one and they read through the Bible to learn about these characters, to learn about God, to learn about all the people in the Bible. If you had done that, at this point in the story, when you find out that man was created in God's image, the only thing you know about God is that he's a creator. So yes, we're created in the image of God in the sense that we're called to love the way that he loves. We're called to take care of those who are in need. We're, we're called to fight for justice. We're called to, to do all the things, that the, you know, to, to stand up for the poor and, the, and to take care of the widows and the orphans. All these things that are aspects of God and parts of God's heart, that's true. But if you're reading it from verse one on, all we really know at this point is that we're called to create, right? Point one, God is a creator. Point two, we are created in God's image to create. But we can only create from what God's already created. We don't have the ability to, to say, this was not here, I spoke it, and then it was. <laughs> All right, let's jump down a little bit further. Genesis 4, 20 through 21. Ada gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name was Jubal, he was the father of all who played string instruments and pipes. So now we see that when we create from what God's already created, we can change culture. When I hear, when I read this and see that Jabal was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock, that tells me that nobody before him lived in a tent. He took what God created, his creation. He took the materials of the land around him and he built tents to raise livestock. And his brother Jubal was the father of all who played string instruments. Tells me nobody before him played a string instrument. So we start to see that God, that these men took what God had already created and they changed the culture around them. They started to create people groups that lived in tents, people groups that played music. When we create from what God's already created, we can change culture. So here's my question for you now. This is where we start to maybe get a little bit more, uh, bringing this in and make it a little bit more personal for you. What in your life, uh, what is it in your life that you have the ability to create from to impact the culture around you? What life experiences, knowledge, training, skills, schooling, et cetera, can you create from? All right, I wanna show you guys a short little clip. We're gonna watch it twice. Uh, and it's, it's a fun way to try to make this point. Um, in the, 
I think 1950s through 80s maybe, there was a choreographer named Bob Fosse. Anybody know Bob Fosse? Yeah, all right. So he did a lot of choreography. He did stuff for Broadway. He did things on different plays. He, was, he did some choreography for different movies and stuff like that. In the 1970s, he was in this movie called The Little Prince. It's a weird movie. But he did, the, he did a choreography for this, this dance in the movie called A Snake in the Grass. Basically, he's, he's a human representation of how a snake is moving. All right, so let's take a look at this, this uh, clip. So any day or night, wherever you are, if you would like to take a trip to a star, the quickest transportation yet known to man is none other than a snake in the grass. Say goodbye to all of your friends. Okay, told you it was weird. <laughs> but I think you'll remember this because we're talking about what in, what in your life, what experiences, skills do you have, what knowledge do you have, what things have you seen that you can create from to change culture around you. So we're gonna watch the same clip, different music. I've heard a phrase before, there's nothing new, there's only new through you, <laughs> right? Do you think Michael Jackson may have been influenced by that video? Do you think he's any less of a genius for being able to take something in that uh, atmosphere and translate it to his atmosphere, his genre of music? And do you, do you agree with me that Michael Jackson maybe changed culture a little bit? What, are, what do you have in your life that you can use to change the culture around you when you create from it? Here's a much, much, much smaller example. <laughs> we had a conference here in March this year, and uh, knowing that the conference was coming up, we wanted to do something to make the, the sanctuary feel a little bit different. And we had a budget that we had to work with, so we were trying to keep the cost down on different things. And I had some friends of mine that I knew had some digital signage that they had used at different events that they had run to just kind of give directional signage to different breakout rooms, different things like that. So I called them up and asked if I could use these digital signs. And I took the four digital signs and I take one image and split it across the four digital signs to create the backdrop that we're using here. I took experiences that I had to change the culture in this room a little bit, right? We tried to take them down right after the conference and the stage was so blah, that we asked if we could use them a little bit longer. So we actually have a permanent solution on the way here. 
but just another example of using things maybe kind of outside the box, thinking a little bit different, creating from what's already been created to change the culture, to change the atmosphere in a place a little bit. All right, so now we're gonna jump down a bit farther in scripture again, about you know, 4,000 years to Jesus coming on the scene. Jesus, our Messiah, the one we all wanna be more like. I asked that question at the beginning of this message, right? Who wants to be more like Jesus? Is it interesting that he comes as a carpenter? Mark 6, two through three. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that he's been, that's been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? The word in the gospels for carpenter that they use here is tecton, a common term used for artisans, craftsmen, and woodworkers. So yes, it can translate as a carpenter. But as I read this, I thought, man, isn't that in a way a creator? Do you think that maybe God had so much fun watching land be produced from the, or vegetation and seeds be produced from the land that he created? Had so much fun creating man from the dust of the ground, so much fun creating woman from the rib of the man, that when he decided he was gonna come in the form of a man, he said, I want to work with my hands. I wanna create from what I've already created. And what's cool with Jesus is he did this with his fellow man as well. He took fishermen and he made them fishers of men. He took tax collectors and he made them, uh, you know, he, he taught them how to work with the finances of heaven upon the earth. And he commands us to do the same. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and make disciples. My fourth point, we are called and we are created to create disciples. What is a disciple? Simply a follower or a student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher. So this is why I say all of us are creative. All of us were created to create. No matter how artistic, organized, methodical, introverted or extroverted, calm or crazy we are, we've all been created to create. So now I just wanna give you maybe some practical examples of what that looks like. Some examples from my life, things that I've seen. This isn't a very long message today and probably have you out of here pretty, uh, pretty early today. Um, but I feel like no matter what season of life we find ourselves in, we can create disciples. We can do what we were created to do. I remember at times in our lives when our kids were little, maybe some of you guys find yourselves here as parents, where you have young kids and your focus is those kids. And maybe you ask yourself, like we ask ourselves at times, like, what, God, what is our purpose? What are we doing right now? What impact are we making? Because it feels like all we're doing is pouring into these little kids and chasing them around. But I believe as parents, we can create disciples in our children. Proverbs 22, six. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I remember one day, uh, our kids were at each other's throats. They were like yelling at each other, screaming, fighting. And 
uh, Leslie, I, we were working at another church and Leslie came in. I, had, I was there to get ready for service. And she came in and said, we need to talk to these kids or something, you know, something's going on. It's worse than normal. Really, our kids typically get along pretty well. So this was kind of really out of the norm. Um, but getting ready for service, I just couldn't deal with it right then. So we waited, we got home and we said, all right, kids, everybody gather around. And instead of focusing on the frustrations that you're seeing in each other right now, instead of uh, getting mad at your siblings and saying things about them that we know aren't true, we're gonna gather around in the circle and each one of you are gonna start to speak over your siblings what God is saying about them. And uh, you remember this? Oh yeah. (laughs) There were tears all around. Our oldest son, Austin, he had actually been working, and so he wasn't a part of this sibling brawl that almost took place. And so he comes home from work not knowing what's going on, and he finds us all sitting in the living room just crying and praying over each other and speaking uh, what we see God saying over each other. And he joins in, and by the end of it, he had tears, and we were all praying over each other. And I felt like at the end of that night, I, I felt like God said to me, you did this one right. We took, we took the opportunity as parents to disciple our kids and say, hey, we're not gonna do what the world does. We're not gonna accuse, we're not gonna speak, we're not gonna slander, we're not gonna say untruths over our siblings. We're gonna speak love over people. We're gonna realize that God, what he says over somebody is true anytime, even if they're frustrating us. So if you're a parent, are you creating disciples in your children? What about the business world? Maybe you don't have kids or maybe your kids have grown. Maybe your focus right now is the business world. Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Are you raising disciples and in your coworkers and your employees and your peers that realize that you do something different. You work not as unto your boss, not as unto your business, but you work as unto the Lord. And are you discipling them in a way through your actions and your words that you're leading them to Christ? We have a good friend who is a EMT. He's a captain. And uh, about six months ago, he reached out to me and asked if I'd help him film this Bible study that he had on his heart. And once a week, he releases this video. He calls it Time with the Captain. And he just dives into situations that first responders have to deal with on a regular basis that the rest of us don't typically do. And I listen to some of the stuff he talks about as we're recording, and it's pretty amazing, the lives of these first responders. In fact, if you are a first responder, I just want to say thank you for everything that you guys do. I mean, we all have our stresses, but typically when I show up to work, it's not because somebody's dying. You know, it's not because somebody, you're, I'm not usually seeing somebody on their worst day. <laughs> but he, he speaks out to his coworkers and he says, guys, this is what we do with. This is the truth of it. You know it. And here's what God can do for you in these situations. Here's how you can turn this back to the Lord to get the support that you need. Here, God is somebody that understands what we're going through day to day. Our spouses might not understand it. Our kids might not understand it, but God understands. And he has atheist coworkers who will watch this Bible study because it's encouraging to them. If you're in the business world, are you creating disciples that understand and are driven to Christ 
and, and our learning to work is unto the Lord. Maybe you're an artist. Are you creating disciples who recognize that their connection to art comes from the creator of creativity? Like Ben said, everything's been created except for the uncreated one. Do you know creativity is, a, is something God created? <laughs> it's crazy. Exodus 35, 35. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiders in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. God has given that artistic ability to people. Are you using your art form to draw people to the creator of creativity? I used to uh, oversee a media department at another church and on the production side of things in the in media world, when you get volunteers, you can get a lot of introverted people. <laughs> Those are my people. <laughs> I love when people will show interest in media because they think, one, I don't want to be in front of people or deal with people, so yeah, I'll, I'll join the media team. <laughs> or two, I'm just a tech person. I like to deal with technology and you know, I can fix things. And, and they don't necessarily see it as a ministry. They just see it as a place that they can serve. But I tried my best in leading that team to disciple people to realize that they are connected to the creator of creativity, that they can pull that into what they're doing. And that what they're doing is a ministry to everybody in this church, right? When we have lyrics up on the screen so you can sing along, that is a blessing to you guys. If you don't believe me, next Sunday we won't use lyrics and we'll see <laughs> if anybody notices the difference. When the lights are working, when the microphones are working, when there's not feedback because the sound techs are doing their job, when the band sounds fantastic, they already sound fantastic, but they sound even better when the sound tech is working. As an artist, are you drawing people back? Are you showing them that they have a connection to the creator of creativity? Are you creating disciples who are being turned back to Jesus, whether it's through your words or your actions? We can do this in everything that we do. In fact, that clip that I showed you guys, I used to use that for all the new volunteers coming into the media department to show them they could think outside the box, to show them that as they're watching TV and they see something unique on television, they might be like, oh, I can pull that into the way that I run camera uh, during services or, um, you know, or if they were helping with lights and they saw they were at a concert that they saw the way they did something with lights and it just drew people's attention and focus in, that they could use that in the church uh, world as well. And, and I encourage them by saying, because we have a connection to the creator of creativity, we should be able to do things better than the secular world can do it. Amen? And thank God for that, by the way, because it wasn't that long ago that you would be listening to a well-produced song on a tape in your car or a CD, and you'd have to shut that off and come into church where things maybe didn't sound as great. They didn't look as great. I thank God that technology is coming far enough along and costs are coming down that we can start to, we can come into an atmosphere like this and we don't have to like shut off our senses to get through church. <laughs> what about teachers? Are you creating disciples who understand the source of all wisdom and knowledge? Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I remember... When Leslie and I were first married, 
a good place to pause right there because she doesn't know what I'm gonna say when I go that far back. <laughs> we attended a very small church up in Fort Collins. They had one service. They needed help in the third and fourth grade class. So Leslie and I taught this class for about a year. And then Leslie was like, you know, I need to be fed myself. So she stepped down. She went back down into service and I continued to teach the class with one of my best friends from high school. We really grew close to these third and fourth graders. I love those kids. And there was this one kid that would come in. Actually, there was a group of them. Every, every, every week they'd come in <clears throat> and he'd have his Pokemon cards. And they'd all be talking about what was the newest Pokemon card they got this week or did they trade for this or how did, you know, they would play before church started and then they would have to have them put their cards away or whatever. And you might think Pokemon is of Satan. You might think that Pokemon is fine. I really didn't have a thought. <clears throat> I just needed to make sure they put their cards away. <laughs> we taught them about Jesus. And I remember about, I don't, I don't know how long it was. It was months, like six months, maybe a year, whatever. But one of the kids who always brought in his pop pack of uh, Pokemon cards, he came in one day and he said, Mr. Adam, I got rid of all my Pokemon cards. And I was like, what? Those things meant the world to you. He's like, yeah, but you know, we, uh, I was just praying and I felt like Jesus said that my focus was more on those cards than on him and that's not how it should be. And this third grader got rid of all of his Pokemon cards and there, you know, there's rumors out there that some of those cards are worth all this money. He didn't care. <laughs> and it was awesome to see that what, what at times I felt, and I'm sure Leslie felt the same at times, that we weren't having an impact on these kids, but we were creating disciples who knew to go to Jesus for their source of wisdom. Or for all of us, if you don't fall into one of those other categories, are we creating disciples who are transformed by God's presence in their lives? Romans 12, two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Are we living our, our lives in such a way that in everything we do, we're not conforming to the patterns of this world? We're not making our lives about a political party. We're following joy and peace and the presence of heaven comes with us wherever we go. And we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind because we're spending time in the word. We're spending time with Jesus. We're spending time in, in groups like this with other believers in fellowship. And through that, everybody in our circle of influence is being changed. It might be by something we say. It might be by the way we act. But are we creating disciples? Because that's what we were created to do. Now, I want to just give a quick shout out, and this is the close of this message. I just want to give a quick shout out that in September, we are starting city groups up again. Yeah, there we go. And I just want to encourage you guys. This is a perfect way to create disciples. When Sharon came to Leslie and I last year and she said, I, you know, I have these experiences in my life. I have, uh, the, I have this knowledge that I've gained in the past and I feel like I've got all this stuff inside me and I just don't know what to do with it yet or right now in this moment. And after praying, she felt like God, and, and we kind of worked with her, but she felt like God told her to, to create a discipleship uh, program for new believers on what are the next steps as you start to follow Christ. And she has a small group or she did a city group. Are you doing it again this time? You're not doing it this time? Okay, it's still a great example. 
She, she, did, she did this uh, discipleship program. It's amazing. She used the things that she had been taught to put together a new curriculum. She took something not new, but new through her and is putting something together to bless the body. MJ is a great leader. He's a businessman. He knows how to lead men. He's one of our men's leaders. He did a, a four pillars of men's heart, I think, last, last, uh, last city group uh, semester. And he said this time they're not gonna, they'll touch on the four pillars, but it's really just an accountability group. It's a group to get together, to talk about scripture, to talk about what God's doing in your life, to draw people back to Christ, to create disciples. What are you guys doing to create disciples? What city group maybe could you start? Could you help lead? Could you be a part of? It's okay to just be a part of one too if you don't wanna lead one right now. Because all of us, as we're growing disciples, I think we can always continually be a disciple as well, amen? Amen? All right, well, I hope this was a blessing to you guys. God is a creator. We were created to create. We can change culture when we create from what God's already created. And we were created to create disciples. All right? All right, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you again, God, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't create us to be stale. You didn't create us, Lord, to just uh, take in. You created us to create. Lord, you've given us skills in our lives. You've given us experiences, maybe from our childhood. You've spoken to us. You've shown us aspects of yourself that maybe other people don't understand the way that we do. And I thank you, God, that you created us to create disciples that are drawn back to you. Help us to create. Help us to see those things that you've always, that you've created in us and around us that we can create from to change this culture. Because we know that the culture needs to be changed. I love that we're talking about this at City Lights Church. We're gonna go out, we're gonna be the light to the city. We're gonna create disciples. We're gonna draw them back to you. And we're gonna follow that step through to the rest of that scripture that says to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so God, give us those opportunities to speak into people's lives, to see them grow, to see them grow closer to you, to see them be baptized, to see them become disciple makers. We thank you for those opportunities and we thank you for this wonderful church. We thank you for your presence in this place. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.